we're back with the Danger Room's 24 Days of Christmas. This year, we're doing one episode per affiliation, each with its own special guest. We made an effort this year to bring in some guests from all over the world. Sit back, listen, and Merry Christmas. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final Christmas episode of 2023. And with me, I have AJ Backhouse. And uh, introduce yourself to listeners and tell them what you're representing. Hey there, I'm AJ. I'm part of the London meta with Pat and all that lot. And I will be talking about Sentinels. You've left the uh, the robots, the best robots till last. So we had Maria on for the Convocation episode. Was she the one that was upset about local robots like ruining her wizards? Yeah, when specifically when she said, oh, the local Sentinels players, it's pretty much, it was like, yeah, me. Like, I'm the reason she put Hulk in her list. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay, so Sentinels are arguably the worst affiliation in the game. They are pretty maligned in the community. So, AJ, you should tell the community what's cool about Sentinels and what their play style is and why people should play them. Yeah, so I, like, full disclosure, the reason I started playing Sentinels is because I was chasing those Longshanks badges you know, and I was like, Sentinels, low-hanging fruit, let's go for it. But then that meant I had to play a lot of games with Sentinels. And not only that, but I had to play them at like rated events, not just as well as all the casual games I was playing. So, you know, I've got a few Sentinels games under my belt. And I think the thing with Sentinels is they are the smallest affiliation. Like, I know that you could argue that Hellfire Club just has Emma, but really, Hellfire Club has everyone. Like, Sentinels, they have four characters two of which are exactly the same, and one of the other ones is almost the same. So in terms of variety, you don't get a lot. And that does mean that you have to play to those characters and to their strengths and weaknesses, because that's what you get. But having said that, there are some pretty big strengths to Sentinels, as well as some weaknesses. So I guess I'll just go through and start talking about what I think some of the strengths are. First off is Sentinels can't be pushed or advanced by enemy superpowers and that can be pretty big like if you're trying to play the secure game and sit on a secure when people can't webline you or there's a lot of pushes that it's probably one of the most common superpowers and you just can't be pushed because you're too big and as well size five most things can't throw size five or push size five there are some exceptions but generally once you stand on a point it is tough for someone to get you off that point and that's a big strength. And on top of that, all the Sentinels have restraint cables, so their own version of webline. So as well as not being able to move off the point, they can move you off a point. So their secure game, I think, is actually really strong. The other strength they really have is if you like rolling a lot of dice, the Sentinels' attacks are actually pretty decent, and they, get, they generate a lot of power, so they can spend uh, very frequently. And their leadership, although it's not the greatest, it does give you more power and it does let you do a few more of those spender attacks. And then the third thing that I think is really strong about them is just their general health pool is good. Like Sentinel Prime starts with 10 health and he's in every list. So it's great that he's got that there and he's big tanky boy. The problem though is they have some glaring weaknesses. First one is list building. When you've only got four characters, you are pretty stuck with what you're going to get. And not only that, but a good opponent, if they are choosing the threat value, they can look at your list and know what you're going to take. And there's not a lot you can do about it because you're pretty (laughs) stuck with what you can take. And then 
the size five, as well as being a strength, can sometimes be a weakness because there are some players in the meta who can throw size five. Now, it's got better because Malekith no longer does that, which is great because that was horrible when that was happening to me. But Beach Ray Bill still exists. Hulk still exists. And I see them more often than I would like. That's been one of my gripes with size five characters in MCP is it seems like the meta characters are able to throw them, which makes it just a negative more often than not. Because like just getting hit for six damage every round is so bad. It is tough. There is, there's little things you can do around it. So it can be played around, but so Cassandra Nova, who's one of your affiliate characters, she does have a superpower where for same as uh, I think Emma has it for two power, she can ignore collision damage. So sometimes if you think you're going to have a throw, you can position her in between your two sentinels so that they either have to throw her out of the way first or they their throw won't be nearly as bad because you can just have her ignore that when it's thrown into her. And obviously brace exists, but you can only brace so much. Oh yeah, that's super clever. I like that a lot. Sentinel Prime is their leader. He's their only leader. Um, kind of surprised Cassandra Nova doesn't have like a leadership card for Sentinels or something like that. But Prime Prime is actually a good model in my experience. Uh, his leadership is questionable, but you know, he, like you said, generates a lot of power. He can roll big dice pools and restraint cables is solid. Exactly. Uh, and not only that, just having someone who can re-roll your attack and defense and it's a pretty big bubble because it's range four and his base is already big as well so on a lot of maps he's just re-rolling for everyone so that helps with their damage output and survivability the things to watch out for are on his injured side uh he has the green goblin thing where you have to roll five dice and you get power but if you roll skulls he'll take damage and i've had my sentinel prime die from that before and it sucks. Uh, why AMG? Why do we have these mechanics? <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least it says, so it could be worse. It says if at least one skull, so you can only take one damage. But when you're on one health, you don't want to die in the power phase. Like, it's, it's not ideal. Yeah, I just, I hate, I hate when models lose activations to just RNG like that. It feels really bad. So you might know the maths better than me, but the thing that I always question when I've got Sentinel Prime is if I've got a bunch of power, his builder has the caveat where you can spend power to add dice. And you also have the option to use that power for rerolls. And you can look at it in two ways, because if you're spending the power up front, those dice can crit, which obviously means the ceiling is going to be higher. But if you're using it for rerolls, you get a bit more information because you're doing that having seen what your opponent's initial roll is. And sometimes that information can be more useful than, than the upfront adding of dice. So you generally, I'll add more upfront because I'm like, well, crits can be more stuff. But sometimes it's more helpful to think, okay, I don't necessarily need to do all the damage or if I only need to do one or two damage, sometimes it's better to to just see if they spike their defense. Do you know what I mean? Like that little bit of knowledge can sometimes be better. So yeah, maybe maybe the answer is to just if they if they have a larger health pool, then add dice. If you're trying to do small amounts of damage, maybe wait for rerolls. And then of course sometimes you got power for both and so just do both, but <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well yeah, if you could do both then who cares, right? So um, I mean also their spender his spender is what three power and it's eight dice, I think. So his is four and nine dice. 
So his spender, I find a little, I, I use less often. And that's just because I'd rather spend his power on the rerolls generally. Whereas with the Mark IVs, they, so I guess I'll talk about them now because they're almost the same stat card. The Mark IVs, their spender, I think is really, really good because it's three power, eight dice physical, and per wild, you can give uh, Shock, Slow, and Incinerate, which are all really good conditions to give out. And three power for them is not that bad at all because they have power matrix. So at the end of every one of their activations, they just get two power. So very often, like you can, on the top of round two, have that online. And then with your first attack at the top of round two, you can give someone a bunch of conditions, which is really good. <laughs> yeah, that spender is... That's probably the best thing on the Mark Force card in my experience. You know, three power for eight dice is really good. It's, it's it's range three too, right? I think it's range three. Yeah, all their attacks are range three, but the restraint cables is range four, so it does mean that you can have that little bit more threat range with them. Yeah, they're kind of attacking at range four in a lot of ways, which is solid. I don't know what what do you think is wrong with the Mark Fours? Like, what's their problem? How could they be slightly better? The injured side is the problem. The injured side is absolutely terrible. They don't have a builder anymore of any kind. The only way they can get power is by being attacked or by ending their activation where they get one additional power, which is rubbish. And not only that, but their builder becomes plasma leak where they can damage themselves and there's no cap. So per crit that you roll, it'll damage you. It'll count as two. So it's like the same as War Machine has on his spender, but you can can die from that. So I, I rarely use it. They still have their spender though. So once they're on the injured side, I tend to just spender and spender as much as I can. And I do use online and operational, which is a Sentinels card where Prime has to spend eight, which is very expensive, but it does bring them from bring us a Mark IV from its injured to its healthy side. So that card is probably the reason AMG made them so bad on their injured side, because they know that they can just flip straight back but eight power is a lot especially on prime who you want to be spending rerolls yeah i feel like that card's slightly over costed and what is the time refresh my memory what is the timing window on that card is it in the cleanup phase no so it's just an active card okay so you can just do it whenever you want yeah exactly so sometimes i have done it so that i won't even do it immediately because i'm expecting someone to try and finish off a, a mark four who's injured and I'll, you know, try and bait that attack. It's a bit risky, but if I bait that attack only for to then flip it later in my turn, it, uh, it can be really good. And on top of that, if they come back healthy, so you can steal points that way, because obviously a healthy model will take off an injured in terms of counting as healthy for the... The other problem with it, though, is range three, which is kind of annoying, because you don't always want those two to be... Well, you can't always navigate them so that within range three of one another, depending on the crisis, but it's one of those things you've got to play around. If one of those things didn't exist, if it wasn't range three, and if it wasn't eight power, like there's so many things that would make it a lot more playable. And I still play it because I kind of have to, but I just wish it was that little bit better. Yeah, yeah, no, I could see that. It's just one of those cards where just there's one too many things make it not good. Like old Cyclops leadership was like that in a lot of ways. Well, the other thing thing I wanted to say about the Sentinels is they, for some reason, they're giant metal robots, but they have three physical defense. Like, come on, give them four. They need four physical physical defense. They're made of metal of some kind, right? And there's regular dudes in this game, just regular dudes who have three fizz. That's that's what's frustrating. 
because physical is the most common attack type. But yeah, that's my little annoyance with three physical defense on my on my robots. Yeah, Sentinels they get shot up they get shot up by guns real good. And uh it's it's kinda kind of frustrating. But yeah. It's just like they either need more health or or better defense or damage reduction. And I think probably just better defense dice is the better play. I think damage reduction is overused in this game. I had a, a weird thought about it, right? What if they did it so that they had a really high physical defense, like five, but it's like five slash two, the two being what they have to use for dodge rolls. Because they're giant robots, they can't dodge anything, right? But they can, you know, be shot. I think that would be cool. Interesting, yeah. That'd be, yeah, I have no idea how that would play, but it'd be kind of cool just from like a counterplay perspective, I think. The one last thing I wanted to note about the the big Sentinels, like the main, because that's already, those two characters are three of my list, because you can take two Mark IVs is the best Sentinels card is not a Sentinels card. It is the card Smash. Because when you're size 5 and you smash a size 4, it's a lot of dice, which can end up with a lot of power to let you do more stuff. And very often, I will engineer myself a really big Smash play on turn 2 or maybe turn 3 but you just bolt yourself towards the biggest size four on the board and there'll be one or two and see if you can make something from happen from there. And if you bear in mind that sometimes when people do a Helios, a Helios, I've seen people do Helios for like 12, 13 dice, like a relatively low one smash. I can easily get to that. And two of those in a row. And it's good. Like that's, that's the strongest thing that Sentinels do is a big smash turn. And I also like to, these days, play kick them while they're down because they give out a load of conditions. And when you can do that, someone else pays for kick them. Uh, and it means you've got these big, uh, usually energy attacks because I want to build more power to do more stuff with rerolls. I can take out some heavy hitters early on and um, not worry too much about the you know, being hit back because stuff dies and it's good. <laughs> Plus uh, with the power matrix, they can just do this round two, no problem. Like if they don't interact, right? It's just two power phases plus power matrix. So you could just smash it immediately. Yeah. It's, it's probably worth noting as well that because they've got no terrain throws, sometimes you have to use smash just to be easier to get onto certain points. It's frustrating because they're, they're all on big bases they have no way of interacting with terrain. And so if there is a car in the way of where you need to stand to contest a point, there's been times when I've had to just smash it. And, you know, I still use the dice and it's it's better than nothing. But ideally, you want that big truck to smash so that you get the, you know, four extra dice on every attack. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see how the terrain could block you. And do you find that it's important to measure out that the terrain is ranged to a part in the beginning of your game, like very often? Or like, I guess I should. Uh, generally, on the tables I play on, it's not been a problem. But it's yeah, if if someone body blocks you, that can be a thing. But you could say that about every big model. I guess the difference being that, like, if someone body blocks Hulk, Hulk can just throw them. Whereas with Sentinels, I could pull them towards me and then hope for the best. And that's not always possible. Yeah, they could be front stopped or whatever. 
Exactly. Or at least, you know, Hulk could throw the terrain out of the way. Like there's being able to interact with terrain actually when, when you're all big bases, it does make a big difference. Yeah, that's interesting. I never really considered that. I mean, it's not like Dormammu and Malekith can't interact with terrain either, but they bring people that can, or they also probably just play Smash as well. So moving down the list, my last actually affiliated character is Cassandra Nova. And I have kind of a, a love-hate relationship with Cassandra Nova. I think that when she's got power, she can actually do a lot of stuff. If you like look at her card, she has she has the same superpower as Pyro, where she can give someone root and slow, but for whatever reason it costs her three, whereas Pyro does it for two. Her mind possession spender, which is just uh, one of those spenders that just costs one, it's six dice mystic, and you can advance your target its speed, so it can be like a deception. Like if you someone dives you, you can go and hit them once, and then say it's a long mover, you can long move them towards all your other stuff, and it's huge. And mystic attacks are generally good to have as well. The other thing that she's good at is you need someone to sit back on your back points or like on your back gamma, that kind of thing, and I don't mind her for that. On my back gamma, I'll have her, and if someone comes close, then she's got Mysterio's trips and traps kind of a thing, so she can damage them just by coming near. The reason that I have a the hate part of the relationship is that she has two physical defense, and it sucks because people just beat her up. And not only that, but sometimes you rely on that tricks and traps because she has, it's not called that, it's called psychic distraction, but <clears throat> everyone knows Mysterio more. You rely on it because she's got that combination of stealth and if they come within three, then she'll do it and then she can move back into stealth range. And when that doesn't go off, it's so frustrating because it means that all of a sudden she can just be attacked and there's nothing you could do about it. I literally lost a game yesterday because of that, because my opponent came towards me. He had two hammers on one health and all I needed to do was roll a crit or a wild on four dice and then stupid Cassandra Nova couldn't do it. <laughs> lost me the game. Yeah, I'm still salty. So did he gamble on not dying to that? Yes, he gambled on not dying. Okay. <laughs> he had to kill her. Yeah, at that point in the game, he had to kill her. But it was new Captain Marvel in binary form. Like, he would have killed her. It's just that he needed to not die on the way. Cassandra does have exceptional. The The problem I have with that is that she already has a few cards um, stapled to her, and I didn't want to add a third. Because already in my list, I have... Her card, Mental Domination, which is actually really strong. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's three power. It doesn't count as an attack. You get to move someone and then make an attack measured from that character. And so it's like free displacement and a free attack all in one. So that's really good. And the other one I take with her is the Sentinels one called Efficient Machines, which is, again, three power in the power phase. Uh, And this time... It means that everyone within three of her, who is a Sentinels affiliated, uh, their shields count as wilds. And you get quite a lot of interesting interactions with that. For example, with those with that tricks and traps roll, it's anytime they roll dice. So usually you need crits and wilds to get that to go off. If she's under that efficient machine's uh, turn, then she can do it with uh, shields as well. So that helps the, the odds, like that little bit extra. Uh, and then obviously the the spenders on those sentinels being per wild, you get you can add a, an effect. 
So on the turn that you do that, it becomes really good. So there's little things like that. But because I'm already taking two cards with her, I didn't want exceptional on top of that, as good as exceptional is. And it's hard to keep her with enough power to use it too, because I'm often just you know, burning through her power because she, she has so many good ways to spend her power and yet not many to generate it. So that's her real, her real problem. Yeah. The two big things are the, the tricks and traps and the, and the mind possession, right? It's hard to actually like give value out of her builder because it's just five dice. It has sap, but the, the one thing that I like about the builder is that it's range four and she's got stealth. So you can just use it and be safe. The mission that I like to take her on is mainly on infinity just because she can sit on that infinity it gives her extra power and she can just keep safe and keep attacking the other infinity or move people off when they come close it's it's definitely her best mission i mean the sentinel leadership probably does the most for her in my experience yeah we haven't actually said yeah so the sentinel leadership for people who don't know it is when you daze an enemy character you can give power to your character's equal to their threat value. So if you daze someone who is four threat, you can pass four power amongst four friendly characters. It's fine. The problem is it's only daze. And it's really frustrating. Like, I really wish if it was daze and KO, it still wouldn't be great, but it would be okay. Only daze, it's such a restriction on an already not the greatest leadership especially when you compare it to some of the other power generating leaderships, like compare it to, well, I mean, Magneto is the best. And in terms of that and compare to that, it's like, how hard is it to daze someone versus throwing a building? Like it's dumb. I think the Magneto's fits so much better because the terrain is size one to four. And like normally a roster is playing four to five to six models. So, and you can break multiple pieces of terrain per turn that you can kind of hit your whole team. Whereas like, if you if you daze like Thanos, then everyone gets a power and your leadership does nothing for the rest of this turn, right? Even if you get another daze. The other annoying thing, right? It has a stipulation of you can only get one power per turn. So what often happens with me is that I'll do a big smash turn, like I was saying. I'll daze two characters, but I can't give them the second power because they've already got it that turn. Plus, there's a finite number of dazing that you can do, you know? So. And I don't know why it needs that stipulation. Like, there's no reason for it. Because dazing is, is not an easy thing to do. I have found a couple of niche things where it does work, though. So I used to play Angela in this list. And one thing you can do is say someone like with a toad grabs something on the midline. Angela starts with enough power to throw a big building. So you can walk up, throw the building at the toad. Toad doesn't have any power because he's used it to pick up whatever extract it was. If you daze him, then you can use the power from dazing him from the leadership to pick up what he dropped and then run away. And if you don't daze him, then you might be able to get an attack off him because Angela moves so far anyway. So that's my niche thing of usually when you daze Toad with terrain, you don't have that power to pick up. You can use that one power that you're getting for that daze to do that. Neat. I like it. I'd imagine she came out because it's just too many five threats. (laughs) Yes, yes. And as well, so the other thing I've done with this <laughs> done with this list is I because I'm so restricted, I've pretty much gone with someone at each threat value going up so that I'll always have someone to play. So I guess I'll keep going through the list. Bucky is my 
honorary fifth member of the Sentinels because rogue agent. And even though he got nerfed, I choose Bucky over Taskmaster because Hydra Tactics is actually great with those big Sentinel bases. Sometimes on like a Gamma Wave, if Bucky is your guy at the back, he can double Hydra Tactics and steal there, maybe with a move, but like it's enough to to go up and steal the opponent's Gamma Shelter if they haven't thought that you could do that. And not only that, but he loves a reroll as well, which obviously Sentinel Prime gives. Oh, and the third thing that he does, which I really like, is the card that Sentinels have that I think is generally really good is called Directive One, which is a bit like Marked for Death on steroids. So it costs two power in the power phase. Sentinels have to play pay for the power. But until the end of that whole round, enemy characters don't benefit from stealth. They can't reroll or modify the defense dice. And allied characters don't need line of sight. So that means that for that round, Bucky can shoot anyone with his range five gun, which I've often found to be really good. And especially into like web warriors or something where it's like, haha, no rerolls for you. Yeah. You just shoot through buildings and doesn't care about stealth. And yeah. (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's why I like Bucky there. Yeah. The Bucky nerf is a little bit of a bummer, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, definitely. Then for other people, I've got hood hoods mainly there because Sentinels are immune to bleed. They have really high health pools and his Black Arts, I think it's called, to heal them for, for three, just does so much for them. It's just like free healing. You can't go wrong with it. And he's got Rapid Fire on his Mystic Pistols. And people with Rapid Fire love someone who can give rerolls. So he just kind of works. He doesn't come out that often, but when he does, I really like him. I especially like him into... Because people play a lot of Wolverine now. And Wolverine has that two mystic defense. And Hood's just super good at just shooting him to death with with magic guns. So I, I like Hood in that particular case. Hood's heal is also once per character, right? Yeah, per character. So he could do it multiple times if he had enough power. For my splash four threat, I've gone with Medusa. I know that everyone does either Dynamo or Beta. But for me, the main reason for Medusa is her Royal Decree. She can place... So Sentinels can't be pushed or advanced. It doesn't even say enemy superpowers, it's superpowers. So annoyingly, things like Lifesaver don't work because that's a a push. So they can't be... Yeah, you can't save their lives. But they can be placed. So Royal Decree, being able to place around Medusa range 2 is actually a huge amount of movement when you've got those giant bases. So if I'm forced to fight on like a D-map... Sometimes I'll go with Medusa to help with that because she also loves a reroll too because she's got so many triggers. But just the the ability to move my big guys around is the main reason that, that I've got her in there. Yeah, no, I like it. I mean, Medusa's great with Dormammu and any of the big, big bases that need to be moved around. For five threat, this was Red Skull 2, but now because... He's just so good. Like new Ultron, Metal Tyrant. He has the same immunity to to push and advance. So having everyone that has that can be really frustrating for the opponent. And the fact that he's Age of Ultron still works on him is dumb, but I'll take it because it's so good. Ultron's definitely the new hotness right now. And he fits in theme-wise, right, with the whole Metal Mind Sentinel programming thing. Yeah, I don't know if in the comics he must have taken over some Sentinels at some point. I feel like it's got to have happened. Yeah, it does seem like something that he would do. And he as well, 
so I mentioned that I play kick him while they're down, and he can give out some conditions relatively easily because he's just got on a wild. He gives poison and bleed, which are not conditions that the sentinels themselves give. So in one of my games that I played yesterday, I had five conditions on Hulk, and then I played kick him while they're down, and it was glorious. <laughs> The little four dice attacks from the Ultron grunts were doing like four or five successes every time because I just rerolled everything. <laughs> uh, yep, you'll love to see it. <laughs> and so then, because Sentinels need the help, and because this is a really fun and cool list, I've got Cosmic Ghost Rider as my sixth threat. There is some synergy there, so I'm going to defend myself because I know that he's the, the one that everyone complains about. The great thing that he does in Sentinels is that Sentinels are so bad at chasing someone's down once they've got an extract and want to run away with it because they only move slow and it's tough to to get someone but cosmic ghost rider he can for some reason i don't know why they thought this was a good idea he can place five if he has the power like he could just go across the universe to catch whoever needs to be caught and deal with them and my philosophy with sentinels is they are better at denying your opponent's points than they are necessarily at scoring them themselves. And that goes along with the everyone has restraint cables, everyone is hard to, to push off of points. Like I'm trying to really deny my opponent from scoring, and that's all Cosmic Ghost Rider does, and he's probably the best at it. Yeah, Ghost Rider is arguably overtuned right now and probably an optimal choice in most, if not all, lists. But yeah. Even if he was brained in, he probably still would be good at chasing people, in which case it seems like a good slash for Sentinels. And on top of that, like if you can get around one days, which Cosmic Ghost Rider often can, it means that he can get the restraint cables of the Sentinels online round one from the leadership. So it can just snowball to make things so much easier if you can do that. So yeah, I really like him. And then finally, my last character in the list is... Mr. Reality Space Thanos. Because once again, all meta, fun list. But in in reality, I was taking him before at the expense of my restricted cards because I like the fact that he could cosmic portal my sentinels around and it's just a huge amount of movement. I haven't really tried him since the nerf when he can only do it once and he might actually come out because of that because that was really what I was using him for was to to move my own sentinels around so that they didn't need to waste actions moving, that they could just be placed to be where they needed to be. And that's so valuable in a list where you're always going to be tall. So every action that you're spending moving ends up being actually so it needs to, to do something, right? And the, mo- the more you can reduce that, the more likely you are to have a bit more success. Thanos is super expensive. I mean, he's not your restricted slots anymore, but yeah, the once per turn cosmic portal. I mean, you can even, you can move two Sentinels, right? With Space Gem and Portal, but then Thanos himself is maybe sad. And I used to like the, you know, he had the kidnap as well, where he can Space Gem, yeah, and then like portal people towards him and then punch him in the face. Like, it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like you said, he also can initiate round one dazes, right? And uh, the restraint cables can slow the game down for you, which is good. But that's that's a list character-wise. All the Sentinels and all the meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Sentinels are so um, maligned, right, that you kind of need the help. You know, funnily enough, Cosmic Ghost Rider can even... Can he move your Sentinels? No, he pushes them. No, he pushes. They can't be pushed. Yeah. 
But hey, enemy enemy Cosmic Ghost Rider can't move your Sentinels, so... Yeah, exactly. So actually, and because he can't push them, they can't be incinerated by him. So that's something. That is something. And they roll big dice pools, so maybe they're okay. But we have the rest of the cards here. I've, I've mentioned some of them already. So Directive 1, that's the one that's marked for death on steroids. It's good. It's probably Sentinel's best affiliated card. Efficient Machines is the one that's Cassandra Nova's one, where she can turn shields into wilds. The problem with that card is the cost of it and Cassandra Nova having those power issues. And on top of that, the uh, range restriction. So you have to be within range three of her. And often for me, she's at the back. So she's not always going to have people in range. I was tempted to take... There's another Sentinels card called Under Your Skin, where you can make a character Sentinels affiliated. And I was thinking if I did that on Cosmic then that would mean that under Cassandra Nova and Efficient Machines, and with a Psychosis token, he would have his Skulls count, Crits count, Wilds count, Shields count as Wilds, so they would count. So like everything but Blanks would be a success. I feel like if the card was global, he would. you could definitely swing that. Exactly. But I thought about it and I was like, yeah, he's, he's not going to be within three of her very often. And it means taking a whole nother card which does nothing for him. It gives you flight, and which he already has, and immune to bleed and poison. Which he also has. So, <laughs> but it's a fun idea. So that's another thing that might... I wish AMG made it so that that card, and maybe the, there's a couple others. There's like the Hydra one and the Shield one. Like If they made it count for list construction, it would help Sentinels so much. Because I might be willing to give up a card slot so that I could make my list building a lot easier. But the way they've ruled it is that it doesn't count as affiliated until like after that point. Yeah, I feel like these cards, because like Shield and Hydra have them, it would be fine for Sentinels at this point because they have such a low uh, and underpowered, if you will, uh, affiliation. But I don't, I don't, I would not want to see that for Hydra and Shield. I think it would be way too nuts. Yeah, the Hydra one especially is pretty good. Like when you do it on Hulk and it's just nuts. But you know, give give the robots some love. Yeah, I'd like to just see new releases for Sentinels or, or Errata or whatever. So, Well, they did tease, sort of. They mentioned on a stream that the Nimrod in a card art might be a character that's going to come out. And who knows? Yeah, Nimrod's cool. And I would like to see Wild Sentinels as well as like some lower point options. They're from the X-Men run that Cassandra Nova was in. And they look like Velociraptors with like machine guns. They're, they're pretty cool. That, yeah, that would be sweet. I actually use, so when I'm playing my Thanos, my Thanos is a, a 3D print of Nimrod. And so Nimrod is my Thanos. Hell yeah. <laughs> what was it? Okay, so back to the list. So Smash is just amazing. That pretty much comes out every game. Recalibration Matrix, because when I'm rolling such big dice pools, I feel it's often worth it just to have the option. Um, patch up is really good for them because their health pool is so high and they generate power relatively well. So it just makes a lot of sense uh, to be able to to heal your guys up so um, easily. And then similarly, I, I might have gone too hard on healing in my list, but I, I just I think it's really useful, especially when the mind games of someone, your opponent not knowing whether or not you're just going to patch up something that they spent a load of power to try and damage in the first place. I love that. <laughs> like when my opponent's like, ah, oh, I spent so long trying to just do that five damage and you just healed it. I'm like, yep, that was good. Online and operational, that's the one where Prime gets to heal the Mark IV. It's 
I play it because I have to. I don't know if it's necessarily the best card, but I find that a lot of my squads will be Prime, one of the Mark IVs, and then Winter Soldier and a Splash. And so just having that Mark IV, knowing that he can be healed up all the way, means I can play him a lot more aggressively. So I'll just throw him up the field, then spend a everyone. Don't care if he's taking a bunch of damage, because I'm just going to flip him back. So that's the philosophy I go with with them. And it kind of works sometimes. It depends on how the dice go. Mental Domination, that's Cassandra Nova's one, where she gets to move someone and attack him. Brace is a new addition only because I... Yeah, with before I had to use Thanos gems as my restricted. But Brace is good when, like we said, people can throw my Sentinels and six damage coming in. You've got to stop it. The other thing I'm very wary of is this is a robbery, can throw any size. So yeah, one of my games yesterday was against Spider-Foes, and I just made sure that my Splashes were the ones who picked up the Extracts and the Sentinels didn't until he played This is a Robbery. Then I was like, okay, now I can pick up stuff. It's just one of those things you've got to keep in the back of your head because you just cannot let him throw your your size you know, size 5 Sentinels. And on top of that, because he's Rhino, you're going to need the Brace for something at some point. He's going to be throwing stuff at you. Then my last two cards are Kick and Mother Down, because I give out loaded conditions, and Age of Ultron, because I got Ultron, and it's great. Yeah, that's pretty much the gist with Ultron. I mean, Age of Ultron is probably... Uh, allowing new Ultron to play Age of Ultron is probably an oversight. I, I feel like in Timelines, did they stop it? Yeah, in Timelines, it's not it's not legal. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was banned in the future, or if it was rotated or something. I think it's fine on 4-threat Ultron, it's just on this Ultron, it just seems a bit much. Um, I will say with new Ultron, though, he doesn't have a lot of injured side health. So, and he he wants to spend his power. So if, if he's injured and you, he wants to like have a big turn, he probably can't play Age to protect himself. So uh, there is that. I really like kick him. I, I mean, we talked about you talked about brace. I mean, like you said, the Sentinels don't have big physical defense pools, so the terrain throws are pretty impactful. So I think I would hedge towards Brace instead of Indomitable. Probably worth asking about Scrap Metal, which is uh, the other Sentinels card. So it was, Scrap Metal was in my list for a little bit. And it is better when I've played it than it seems on paper. So I need to remind myself the exact wording. but So Scrap Metal, basically, when one of your Sentinels dies, they if they've got the Sentinels keyword, what do they call it? Sentinel Programming. Sentinel programming. There we go. They spend two, roll five dice, crits, hits, and wilds. All other characters, so that's friendly and enemy, within two, they suffer damage from that. And they gain stun. So at first I thought it was terrible, but then I realized when I started playing it, it's not as bad. And I'm going to say why. So one is the t- when this happens, right? Because at the time when a Sentinel will be KO'd, it's far enough into the game that a lot of stuff is on low health. And guaranteed damage when stuff is on low health is so much more valuable. And on top of that, this isn't an attack roll. So they have no defense dice to counter it. And they can't reroll defense dice. There's, there's just no defense. They just take damage. And so the potential for, I mean, the potential for five, but it, you, you're never going to do five. So like two or three damage across a bunch of characters on a close-up scenario it can be pretty devastating. 
and you're more likely to be hitting more of the opponent than you just because the opponent's are wider than you are because you have to play big sentinels and you tend to be tall lists. So for all those reasons, scrap metal can work. However, it doesn't work as well as all my other stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting. I mean, it is hit crit wild on five dice. This is literally the same role as Cosmic Ghost Rider Psychosis, and I've been burned by that plenty of times at this point. <laughs> Yeah, like playing CGR recently, like it is frustrating when you just need him to be psycho and he doesn't, and you're like, no, you idiot. So you play him with a power leadership like Inhuman, so it's guaranteed. That's true, yeah. I mean, theoretically, I have a power leadership. It's just not a very good one. <laughs> you, yeah, you do. Uh, so we should talk about the crises a little bit. Um, I'm expecting a bunch of narrow stuff. So, I mean, yes. The... The crises that they are best at are ones where everyone's close together. And as well, Sentinels want to take advantage of the fact that they can't be pushed. So I try and avoid paid to flips. I want to be able to just stand in a place and they can't move me. I'll score points just by standing. So I've gone with Gamma, Infinity, and Intrusions as my secures. Uh, They're all pretty fighty. Infinity is the one that I'm in two minds about i wonder whether i should take demons downtown now that i have cosmic ghost rider in the list but i do like infinity because cassandra nova really works on it and she loves the the additional power that it gives so i'm still experimenting there i like it yeah demons feels weird these days because of guardians they have a lot of incinerate immune models and they have their own cosmic ghost rider too but if you're playing sentinels like are you really worried about like a guardians matchup (laughs) like who cares right yeah, yeah. And as well, well, actually, Guardians isn't as bad because they Sentinels' energy defense is better overall. They've got four energy. That is fair. I mean, while we're on this topic, how do you feel about... Like, do you actually feel okay into Guardians with Sentinels? I haven't played that match in a little while, but maybe I would be. And part of the reason as well is... So, like we said, Cosmic Ghost Rider, he can't incinerate... Uh, sentinels with his pull because he can't pull them in so that's less of an issue bill is probably who i'm most scared of but i'm used to dealing with bill in other ways so it's actually not my worst that's kind of wild i mean maybe there's some exploration there for people to do sentinels like don't require that many models to run right you could splash them somewhere yeah and so i in some of my other lists i splash prime i think that he's he's generally a pretty good model to splash in my Inhumans, I splash Prime just because, for the same reason that I've got Medusa in this list, like that synergy is there. And a lot of the Inhumans love those rerolls. They've got triggers that they need and they've got inbuilt rerolls, but having more is just always going to be better. So, yeah, I, I like Sentinel Prime in, in Inhumans. Yeah, big thing with Prime and Inhumans also is um, I've heard people refer to him as like a, like a squad level power bank where you can just put power on prime and and he generates power latently like through his power matrix that if you're not doing anything in particular with power you could just shove it on prime and it's at worst a reroll exactly yeah i think and having someone that you can just put in the middle of your characters and make them all better is always good to have and then the last thing we haven't spoken about is extracts like I said, Inhumans are not good at this because they can't run away with them. They just have to hold them. 
So I've got Research Station for the obvious reasons. It's probably their best, even though it's not really an extract. It's like an extra secure. Um, there's no, I mean, it's it's explored now. Everyone knows why attrition teams like Research Station. Uh, it slows the game down possibly too much, but I like it. And uh, being able to sit on it and people not move me. And sometimes I won't move the researcher even if I'm owning it. I'll just put it underneath two sentinels and I'll be like, come at me or, or block it. Uh, just a quick side note. Yeah, about body blocking. I think, I want to say it was Ryan Farmer did a, he did like a math problem of can sentinels with three of them completely body block anything from contesting the researcher? And I believe the answer is yes. Like if you're not blocked by terrain. Yes, and that's a big caveat, is terrain will usually be in the way, and your opponent is not going to let you put all three Sentinels in a perfect place before they put one model down. So, you know, in, in a, you know, math scenario, sure. In reality, it's less likely. But what I have done in the past is you can, if you control it, then you can put it, move it so that it's in an awkward place between two Sentinels, and that's like very doable so make it like much harder for your opponent to to try and steal that back off you and then you've got two sentinels on it so it's two bodies and for them to fit two bodies in that space is is tough so then i can just leave it there and just attack yeah no i like it i think this is the obvious choice i mean does 15 threat is that like annoying at all i don't know maybe not uh fifth my 15 threat is it's uh, usually it's going to be Prime, a Mark IV, and Cosmic Ghost Rider. <laughs> All right. So on Researcher works pretty well. <laughs> Actually, yes. That's that's kind of gnarly. I wonder how good that is, like into the field. Yeah, I mean, like Cosmic Ghost Rider is good anyway. If I give him rerolls and give him extra power for killing stuff, so that he can stay more psycho. How can that be bad? Yeah, I mean, all your models have like bow, it's a web line essentially, right? And none of your models can be moved. <laughs> it actually seems pretty good. <laughs> it's been working for me. The The other 15 I have, and this is more for Gamma, is, yeah, Prime, Cassandra Nova, and Ultron. Just because I really like, yeah, Ultron is, is just so good right now. And I like having Cassandra Nova on the, on the back Gamma because she can just be there in stealth and shoot people in the middle gamma, and it, she's fine. Yeah, mind possessing people out into the gamma waste is a good time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, it's free damage. My final two extracts are Alien Ship and Montessi Formula. So Alien Ship being good because, well, I don't mind if my own Sentinels blow up and do damage to people, because my health, I've got more of it, so it's fine. And Montessi, because my Mystic Defense is my best defense, it, you know, Wilds count as two. So I don't care if people are shooting me with Mystic. And it's a relatively low scoring extract, and it's an E shape. So for all those reasons, Montessi's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it seems, I mean, do you find that no midline steal is a problem? I know a lot of people just like to steal the middle book. So I don't mind too much nowadays because I will just Cosmic Ghost Rider kill them. Like whoever goes. <laughs> so, um, but what I used to do is, like I said, I'd use my Mark IV um, Sentinel and I'd just throw him into the middle and 
if he dies, then I'll just bring him back to life. So I'll just play him quite aggressively and not care as much because I can just heal him is basically what it is. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, like like you said, Montesi's slow enough that if you can get it back on rounds three, four, whatever, the other book, then it's probably fine. I mean, while we're here, I should ask you, I mean, uh, what, what matchups do you absolutely hate or like? I mean, I don't know if most people know about Sentinels. Most people probably think they just have all bad matchups. So the one that's the best is Convocation because Convocation only have Mystic attacks. All of my Sentinels have four Mystic and each wild counts as two. And now I can play that with new Ultron who has the same thing and it's obnoxious. So if all you're doing to me is Mystic attacks, then I'm just not going to die. So that's definitely their best matchup. It's kind of funny that Sentinels are like wizard hunters and not mutant hunters in MCP. We don't believe in magic, so it doesn't affect us. That's how science, baby. <laughs> and then in my head, I thought that the webs matchup wouldn't be too bad because they rely on like pushing you off points and stuff. But the webs matchup is only good if you get something like Researcher, so they can't just run away with the extracts. The problem I find generally is that extracts in the game tend to be worth more than secures. So Sentinels being good at secures is overall not as good as being good at extracts, just because I think that more extracts are worth, like, you get... There are more five-point extracts and four-point extracts than there are the same for secures, right? Um, so generally, you can get more points on the board from from a secure than you can from... Like, the average is slightly higher, is what I'm trying to say. And you want to avoid that as a Sentinel. And as a Sentinel, what I'm good at is the thing that scores me less points. Yeah, that does seem awkward. Um, I mean, yeah, the webs are just going to run away from you, right? Like, the only thing you really have into them is... You can't be web-lined, but... So... It can't be web-lined, and they, my Directive 1 card, which means that they, for, for a whole turn, they're going to get no stealth, no rerolls, and I can just kill them. So it can work. The problem is, actually, that new... So the ASM leadership is really good into Sentinels because when you can place them... Yeah, now that ASM's better. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, and then other matchups, I'll just take them as they come. Like, there's there's... Nothing that I'm particularly afraid of. Maybe I should be. But I think that the Sentinels are better than people give them credit for. Uh, and that's partly because I am splashing some of the most ridiculous models in the game. But also because when I can do that and give them rerolls and give them power, which is a Sentinels thing, like it just makes things work. It takes a bit of experience to, to know what opponents are going to do because i play a lot of factions these days as well as sentinels but sentinels i've definitely played the most of this year just because i was chasing that badge but i've made them work yeah that's really cool i don't think they're that far off from being something that people could feel good about playing thematically i think like how cool would it be if the sun like prime in the mark force just had like dynamos two power teleport range two that would be very cool like i'm taking thanos for that reason like imagine if i didn't need to or even, they might not even need that if they just had more variety. Like, 
maybe they had cheaper sentinels that were faster that can chase people down you know exactly oh you know <laughs> so what you've said about the the place too right if you've played separation anxiety you know the the game night one where you get the symbiotes and you get special superpowers the f- yeah. most fun thing is to get the sentinels in that game and then you get the symbiote that gives you pounce uh <laughs> And it's it is glorious. You just pounce into everyone and do guaranteed six damage every turn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I I need to paint up my sentinels just so I could play them at separation anxiety now. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> so do you you, you play because uh, it's eleven points, right? You play prime mark four and like a two threat. Yeah. Basically. Yep. And then you just fishing for that pounce. That's all you're looking for all game. hell yeah sick uh is there anything that's i'm that we didn't talk about that is worth mentioning still or i don't think so we've gone through a lot i mean give sentinels a go i think if you're on the fence just try them they if nothing else the models are so like amg did such a good job like i love the fact that it's a proper kit that you can pose however you want like when I first got into MCP over like, I used to play a lot of 40K, it annoyed me that everything was so static. I quite like it now because it means that, you know, you're getting a good pose every time, but it meant that I couldn't just put stuff in exactly how I wanted. Whereas with Sentinels, those kits, you can you can make them do whatever. You, you can have them disco dancing. Like it's great. Yeah, the ball joints are super cool, and I've been meaning to put mine together. Um, I just haven't gotten to it yet. But yeah, no, the the sculpts are some of the best in the range, which it's really a shame that they kind of fumbled the rules. Um, but hopefully that gets remedied at some point. I so for my Sentinel Prime, I've got a three D print of Cyclops like looking up, like shooting his beams, and then my Sentinel Prime is like looming down over him, and it's my my favorite model and it used to be the only way i could get cyclops on the table <laughs> uh there yeah there's a lot of like uh premium format or scale um statues that are like that where they have like a sentinel and there's a whole bunch of like x-men around them stuff like that it's really cool my only thing with my conversion was the fitting cyclops on the base with with the prime meant that i had to have him shooting off to one side because otherwise the laser beam was like right in his crotch and i was like i can't have him doing this <laughs> i can't just have cyclops shooting the sentinel in the in the crotch all game what did you use for the the eye beam it just came with the 3d print oh okay got it so it's so it's like it's a 3d print of cyclops doing that you know, like in the in the opening sequence of, of the animated series where he's like looking up into the sky and just like, pew, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, sick. Cool. Um, all right, so my tradition is to ask you a couple questions and we'll start with what Marvel Comics character do you want to join MCP that isn't here yet? So I think... Most people would have said, like, Doom and Fantastic Four, right? Because they're great and they need to happen. But because with Sentinel's episode, I'm going to go Nimrod. Nice. Yeah, I would say Nimrod or Bastion would be, like, the two Sentinels picks that I'd like to see. That'd be super fun. And I said earlier, Wild Sentinels, I would love to see with, like, the multiple mechanic that Mark Force have. 
or like Omega Sentinel as like another, maybe she'd be like a three threat. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, some cheaper Sentinel options that I would love. I think that'd be super fun. Or, you know what? Okay. Like, the first one threat of the game, Bolivar Trask. He's just a dude, right? <laughs> yeah. Bolivar, I don't know how they would implement him if they even could. I mean, maybe he's just a tactics card or something, but. You could make him right. So. He's the only one threat, which on a lot of affiliations would be OP. So make it so that he can only be in Sentinels, right? And he's a one threat, and he can just stand on a point and hold things, and he has a gun. I'd be happy with that. I don't know. I don't know if the game should have one threat, but I think they could make Bolivar a three if they like scaled him and gave him some cool like leadership powers and stuff. Maybe. And then lastly, are you team heroes or team villains? Ooh, villains are more fun. Yeah, team villains. <laughs> we're on the sentinels episode so you got cosmic ghost rider here you got thanos i'm digging it ultron i'm, I'm fighting for i'm on a human side humanity <laughs> yeah you're on the side of humanity <laughs> okay that's gonna wrap us up aj uh thank you for coming on and it was a pleasure cool thanks for having me yeah thank you and listeners uh we will see you uh next year perhaps <laughs> this is the end so goodbye